that what happened to me was a series of events that then meant that I had these mortality moments. So I call a mortality moment that that moment when you go, oh, I am human and there is the potential for death and there is the potential for this to end, whatever this is. And you're sort of shocked back into being a human being, a bit like we all have through this experience. And, and one was, I got married and live happily ever after. And it didn't happen like that. And I ended up leaving a, a violent marriage with two children under three. That's a mortality moment. My, my life isn't this daydream, this, this easy peasy thing. And having to now go, crikey, what's really important? We've got no home, um, we've got no money. Um, we've only got a car full of the stuff that I took from the house and we went away with. And then stepping out of that and going, right, home for my children. Who can I call? Who are my resources? Who can I draw on? Made the stepping stones from there. But it's it's the same thing that I've been saying to everybody all the way along. What's important to you? What are you prepared to go the extra mile to achieve? And what are you prepared to say, actually, I don't want to live life like that anymore. And when you make that decision, then what are the resources that you've got to enable you to, to move on to, to achieve what you want to achieve? That's Vicki Wache, and I'm Brian Falchuk. This is Do A Day. You'll hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know we can all overcome and achieve because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers, welcome back to another episode of Do a Day. This is episode 122. My guest today is Vicky Wache, another bit of British brilliance for you. How's that for alliteration? Um, Vicky and I met doing the really fun, you can't call it a podcast, it's a show, a game show actually called Funk Quest from a guy named Jonathan Sr. He had a podcast called Funky Thinkers and spawned this really cool um, sort of game show, but just a way to explore what makes people tick and their most interesting values-based kind of thoughts through a game show context. And Vicky and I got to go head to head. It doesn't matter who won because it really just boils down to whose network responds by clicking the vote buttons or sending in their vote. It's less about the content, and I do believe content-wise that Vicky blew me out of the water despite the fact that I had more people who wrote in to vote for me. Um, putting FunQuest aside, Vicky is so much more than that. She is a leader in the UK in property investing. Uh, since 2008, she's been named one of the 25 most influential people in property, and she's very focused on helping people build financial stability and independence through investing in property. Now, put that aside, that is not where she started from at all. And we get into Vicky's journey to why she needed to find financial independence and stability because she had quite the opposite of that. She had the idyllic, like, prince and princess kind of marriage that she had always dreamed of, you know, the wedding, and then soon afterward discovered it was not what it seemed and found herself a young mother of two kids under three years old with an abusive husband, and she left with very, very little to her name, just what she and her daughters could grab and fit in the car, and they had nothing. 
And Vicky went forward to not only raise her girls, but to also get an education, pick herself up, build something out of it. And that's where the real strength and structure in her whole approach to wealth and her whole approach to property came from. It's not about get rich or, you know, any uh, tricks to flipping houses or any of that. It's really about building stability and resilience and control in your life. And she learned that very much because she had to. So even more powerful. And we don't get into the depths of property investing. We get into the values and the reasons why and the story she came from where having that kind of stability mattered. So with that, let's jump into the episode with Vicki Wachey. Vicki Wachey, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for inviting me, Brian. And it's not the first time we've spoken, is it? No, but it's the first time we've spoken non-adversarially because, of course, we were pitted <laughs> against each other in a friendly way. Yes. Jonathan Sr. for um, Funky Think Funk Quest. That's it, Funk Quest yeah, by Funk Funky Quest. Thinkers. Yeah, which yeah. is good fun. It's a good way to kind of get to know a bit about each other. Yeah, it's, it's it's a different style of podcasting completely, but um, yeah. I'm still bitter and twisted that I lost to you. No, well, that's no, just right. it's just because I cheat and I ask people who have no business listening to it <laughs> to vote for me. But what we did learn is you're a good-hearted, big-picture, caring person, and I was much more materialistic and small in my answers. Oh, <laughs> goodness, I didn't know that was what... Okay, in that case, fine. I'm quite happy Yours I'll take the Yours were about loss. saving the world, and I was like, yeah, so my mobile phone... <laughs> um, I'll have to go yeah. back and listen to it again. I have a completely different memory of it, but no, I like your version. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll link to it so all the listeners can go because it was good fun, and yeah. all those episodes are fun. But um, it was, and of course, I came around because once I heard your answers, I was like, "Oh, I sound terrible. I need to be a better person. Let me <laughs> learn." And, so you can learn and grow in any moment in life. That's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so cool. That's made my day. We can we can just finish the podcast here now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well, done. Thanks for joining. <laughs> That's all right. So Vicky, other than being a better person than me and being British, which I'm, I'm hoping people have figured out by now, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what your life looks like. And then we'll, we'll obviously build back. Okay. Okay. What does it look like? Well, uh, cheat a little in that these are somewhat unusual times and Normally, like most people, I would have been doing my business, and I'll tell you that what that is. But because of the strange days that we're in, I had a panic back in February and decided I needed to feed the family and started planting seeds. And I've now basically got a mini supermarket in the back garden. I've got sweet corn and butternut squash and must call them zucchini for you and tomatoes. So um, we've cheated, even though we're recording this on a Friday, and technically it's a work day. Um, I cheated and I went out in the garden and spent five hours in the garden. And I think that's not going off topic. I think that's very relevant to the question in that, what do I do? I do what I want and I can Mm. do what I want because of the way that I have created my life. And what I do for others, or I'd like to think that I do for others, is to help them work out what's important to them. And then how much it would cost to live that life. And then how can they earn that money without having to go to work every day to earn it as a wage, which would then stop them doing the things that they wanted to do. So if I want to go in the garden for five hours, I will. And if I then choose to work on Saturday instead because it's raining, I will. I I can do what I like and spend my time giving myself joy not in the hedonistic sense but 
because we all need to manage our mindsets and you need sometimes to be able to make those decisions for yourself. So yeah, that is yeah. a much more front and center these days than ever before, because those lines between work and life um, are, there is no line. I mean, the only thing wrong with what you said was Friday, which is like, I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> oh, it's strange, Wait, isn't it? I, I asked my son this morning if it was Tuesday and he's like, dad, it's Friday. I was like, well, I normally I'd be bothered by that. It's like, oh, wow, I'm totally <laughs> off. And then I'm like, there's no consequence to me having no clue what day it is. No, but that's no. a different, yeah. No, I know. And I spend my entire time going, what day is it? And the only thing that works out for me is up in the corner of my screen is it tells me Say that today. it's FRI. Yeah. And if I look at my phone and it doesn't tell me things, I've got no idea what's going on. And periodically, it's like I was saying to someone, because one of the other things I do is property investment, which mm -hmm. is how I've created my life. And I help other people invest in property. It's just a, another form of business. I was saying to one of my letting agents, when is this tenant coming in? Come on, come on. You know, you said to me it was going to be the, the 1st of July and I just need to know yeah. when this is going to happen because, you know, I've been waiting weeks and the 1st of July was three days away. I was so, <laughs> so embarrassed. I thought we were still in May and we yeah. weren't. We were at the end of June. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I know. Well, so I do, I mean, we're going to get into this, but I can, I can hear on behalf of some of the listeners who are like, oh, that's great, she's her own boss. I work for someone, so this will be a fun story, but you don't understand, my life doesn't work that way. But I think that's one of the upshots of this current situation is everyone is suddenly a human mm. instead of an employee. You know, we, yep. we do these Zoom meetings and it's like your child or someone says, my coworker may come in and ask for help with her homework. Like your children <laughs> are coming in. You're, you know, I had a, I did an interview with someone and her cats were chasing her around her house while she kept trying to move to do the interview. Every now and then a tail would go past the screen. <laughs> but that's life. You know, know. We, we have newscasters who do, whose dogs are joining in the weather forecast. And I know. so it, it almost, I'm seeing it make space for people to, take a moment of humanity yeah. you know, because they have to tend to their kids who are learning at home or, I know. you know, they're going to make a salad for lunch instead of doing the five minutes of shoving a sandwich in the, you know, it, it's, it's different. And yes. there's different extremes of that. Can you go out for five hours in the garden or not? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it's not as black and white as it once was. And I think no. we've all recognized we're humans now. Yeah, so definitely. to me, this is even more relevant today for a broader set of people than we might have presumed before. And I, th I think you're right. If a lot of your audience are uh, people who in the old days had what we would have called a proper job yeah. and, and did understand what a Friday was and were relieved when we got to a Friday and things like that. See, my co-workers very kindly brought me <laughs> a hot pack because of the gardening. Oh, so nice. that I make, he, he's brought me a pack, my sorbet, which is very sweet of my co-worker. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I appreciate yeah. you didn't call him your employee. No. You're your subordinate. No, no, no. My, yeah. He's very definitely my co-worker. We have a thing in our house where um, everybody who meets me thinks because I'm quite outspoken and, you know, do things like podcasts and write books and everything, they think that I'm an extrovert. But actually, mm. if anything, this lockdown period has shown me that really I'm very introverted. It's all right doing this with you. But when we get too many people around, I'm like, whoa, go back yeah. from my space. Um, and so... We have a thing where we think that I'm in charge, but really, uh, Bob, my lovely other half, is in charge. He just has 
a, a line that is very close to him and I have to get so far before I cross the line and he uses yeah. the no word to me um, that I tend to sort of get away with anything most of the times. So that's great. But going back to your co-workers yeah. and, and, and people who've got jobs, I think the thing for me here is in, in the number of people that I've spoken to, and my clients are employees and they are small business owners is all of them are starting to say hold on a second i've i've had this moment to pause and think about what's important to me and yes i do work for someone else and one circumstance might be that i work on one side of london and live on the other side of london and my journey to work is say two hours on public transport and i don't want to do that anymore yeah. and then be spurred on to find another job locally, which they then could find another job locally, and dramatically their whole life has changed. Now, without this pause that we've had, they wouldn't have made that decision. And other people I know that have had that wonderful gift, albeit somewhat stressful, I completely understand, of time doing homework and schooling with their children, and then worked out that their child is exceptional at maths, but not doing so well in the reading, or exceptional at reading and not so well at the maths, or has shown some wonderful entrepreneurial spark or some creativity, and they've, they've got a new relationship with the child, a new understanding of the child, and then they're starting to question the education system, and where our schools have opened up at the moment, a lot of people are going, no, I'm quite happy to keep my children at home and work yeah. with them. Yeah. You know, so there's so many gifts going on here that I think that whatever happens and whoever is listening, you can take something from, I hope you will take something from this conversation about your values are the most important thing for you to understand. And if you don't understand that, it's going to make anything else that you want to achieve in life very difficult because how can you set a goal if you don't know what your priorities are? How can you make a decision if you don't know what's important to you? And really, that is all that happened to me. So if we finally yeah. get to the backstory, it, that what happened to me was a series of events that then meant that I had these momentous moments. And they were a combination of um, mortality moments. So I call a mortality moment that that moment when you go, oh, I am human and there is the potential for death and there is the potential for this to end, whatever this is. And you're sort of shocked back into being a human being, a bit like we all have through this experience. And, and one was, I got married having watched Disney and I was going to marry my prince and we were going to have the, the princess and walk down the aisle and we were going to live happily ever after. And it didn't happen like that. And I ended up leaving a, a violent marriage with two children under three. Oh. That's a mortality moment. My, my life isn't this daydream, this, this easy peasy thing. And having to now go, crikey, what's really important? We've got no home. Um, we've got no money. Um, we've only got a car full of the stuff that I took from the house and we went away with. And I did really strange things like for a set of tiles, I took one of each towel to be completely fair with us. So I had one green towel and one stripy towel and one blue towel and one orange towel. Whereas I <laughs> like crazy, crazy decisions that I was making at the time, but I was so worried about wanting to appear fair that I wasn't thinking logically because of the situation we were yeah. in. And then stepping out of that and going, right, 
home for my children? Who can I call? Who are my resources? Who can yeah. I draw on? Obviously, my parents moved in with my parents and then made the stepping stones from there. But it's it's the same thing that I've been saying to everybody all the way along. What's important to you? What are you prepared to go the extra mile to achieve? And what are you prepared to say? Actually, I don't want to live life like that anymore. Mm. And when you make that decision, then what are the resources that you've got to enable you to to move on to to achieve what you want to achieve? Yeah. It's still to me, it's still living, you know, going for the going the extra mile. It's just in what direction that mile is. And a lot yep. of us get on that sort of treadmill of life, just thinking it's straight ahead on this corporate path or this grind path. Um, whatever the path ends up being, you give it your all, but isn't it better when you actually care about getting to, to the destination? Very much so. And and enjoy the journey. I yeah. mean, I, I can't remember if it's in one of my books or a blog that I said this, but, you know, we were all convinced that life is this merry-go-round, but there are so many people on the ride feeling sick and desperate to get off. And all you need to do is go, mortality moment. I am sick of being on this ride i don't i'm not enjoying the spinning and i can't yeah. stand the music and i want to get off and i want to go see what else is out there mm. and do something else yeah wow. so can, can you talk a little bit more about leaving and if you had two kids under three one of them was exceptionally young and the three-year-old was probably a bit hard to wrangle because that's a tough age um they don't understand any of what's going on but they're so independent and yeah. you know want to be everywhere yeah uh how how did you navigate that time because that is that's in it's 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 giving me pause because of the gravity of how much was on your plate all of a sudden alone yeah i i think the situation was extreme there was there was a a moment of extreme violence and i remember thinking i might not survive this moment and that i would have to say goodbye to my children and and i sort of did that and then i was thinking who who will look after them and i then thought to myself when it was over um who do i want to be for my children i want to be a role model i want to be someone they can be proud to say oh that woman over there that's my mother um not proud as in oh i've won the olympics or i've got a multi-billion pound empire not not that sort of status um externalized stuff but the that woman has enabled me as her daughter to live this life and Mm. I am proud to call her my mother, that sort of thing. She's been that role model. And that's what I wanted my children to do. I wanted them to love me and I wanted them to be pleased that I was their mother. And I didn't feel that I could be that woman in a relationship where I wasn't myself. Um, I was fearful. And so I think... I can't prove it, but I think that that gave me the energy to make the decisions. Once I recognized that he was no good, I had to go somewhere, then I just moved forward. Now, I have to say my parents were amazing. I literally showed up one Friday afternoon with a lot more stuff in the car. We were supposed to be just visiting my parents on the the Friday night, and I showed up with anything that I could take. So a travel cart, some toys, um, a, a few suitcases and plastic bags full of clothes and, and a couple of towels. And that was it. And that's what I left with. And 
my parents were just very accepting of it. Yeah. And then we have something in the UK, and I don't know if you have it, the Samaritans. Yeah. So it's a phone line that you can call when you feel distressed. I didn't feel that I wanted to share all my dirty linen, all my nasty stuff with my parents because it yeah. would upset them. Um, and obviously, I sort of upset them enough by going, oh, look here, I'm arrived and the marriage is over. I'm not going back. And spoke to the Samaritans for three hours that night, and they were amazing, and then said, sorry, you have to stop talking to me because we've got to close, <laughs> um, but please come and speak to me again tomorrow, and then spoke again the next day. And that, having someone that you can just say all your words to yeah, and not have them judge you, if you don't have a human in your life that you can say that to, you can write it because that was one of the other things that I did. I used to write all the things that I couldn't say to my ex-husband down. Mm. Um, and then you can keep them or you can throw them away. It's more healthy to throw them away, quite frankly. Uh, but it's, it's getting it out. And I decided that I nothinged him. So I wasn't, I wasn't angry. There's yeah. no, what, what, what use was anger? You know, if you get angry, you need to let that anger out because otherwise anger turns to frustration and that can turn to, you know, either health issues or depression or, or that sort of stuff. Um, I was never going to be violent towards him. Um, I, just, I just thought the worst thing you can do to someone is to actually not give them any of your energy at all. And this yeah. is before I'd done any NLP training or, or understood about energy work or anything like that. Just, I just nothing you. And if you, if you thought that someone nothinged towards you, you, you have no relevance in their life whatsoever, no nothing. Um, it was cutting the ties, all of that sort of stuff. It was very, very difficult, I think, for, for him to be in that position. And we haven't got enough time on this podcast to go into all the rest of the story. But the key thing out of it is I had a supportive and loving family. If not, I think you need to find a friend that can be that supportive person for you. And then, you know, you make the good decision. You communicate with your children. There was no way that I could explain everything to them. But I think that we had enough of a trusting relationship and they just they just went with it. They just... I suppose obeyed or, or, yeah. or followed mum's advice or mum's mum's decision, and yeah, we all snuggled down in the back bedroom together. My older daughter in the bed with me, and the little one in a travel cot by the bed, beside the bed, up against the wall, and and we lived like that until I could find us some other accommodation. And then I went to university, and I put the little one in um, the university nursery, and the older one went to a proper school nursery. Um, and got my degree and then got a job and then did a master's and and then finally got made redundant and then ended up on this path <laughs> life was going good and then another mortality moment arrived yeah. to just shake me up and then I then I went on to another path but I don't see any of that as negative yeah. um, I am who I am because of the experiences I've had but what I do feel that is a common thread through all of it is when you realize you are having one of these bam, smack in the face, shock moments, or a little moment, a little scare. It can be dramatic. It can be little. This mortality moment that makes you think everything isn't the fairy tale and going along smoothly. You're not going to live forever. 
stuff stuff is going to constantly change in your life you can start to go oh I've had one of those moments right let me have a moment and think what's important to me that's what we're all doing now as a as a planet what's important to me and then when I move forward how can I embrace those decisions so one of my my youngest daughter who's now 30 if you can believe it obviously I had her when I was like 12 or something (laughs) and she she is totally focused now on making her buy-in decisions from organizations that have behaved well Mm. so she wants to see organizations that have um acted responsibly in the way that their business is set up that acts responsibly towards their staff towards sourcing materials and so when we have a conversation and i'll say something like oh i want to buy a t-shirt she will list a set of companies that i should have a look at yeah that you know ethically sourced cotton and so i don't i can be a bit lazy and i don't have to make those decisions and if you've got young people in your family they'll they'll feed you this information but what if we could do that what if we could buy from corporations that paid their taxes, buy from corporations that had over this period taken care of their staff. Mm. Um, You know, we've got little stories here of a a beer manufacturer that stopped making beer and started making hand sanitizer because Mm. they could turn their equipment that way. And somebody else who stopped making one thing and started making face masks. So those were pretty inspirational companies maybe we could buy from them going forward you know so yeah i as i'm hearing your story and i hear the drive on education despite everything else that you had to do you know caring for these these two kids on your own um that to me felt like going down the path that isn't the path you were on making one of those conscious choices to build a different life and then you end up redundant and again you follow down another path have you looked back on any of the past paths you've been on and said, oh, I missed, I missed a turn. I should have done it this way or done it that way. How do you contend with the past when you do shift to a new approach that's, that actually aligns to where you're at? I don't see any of the path changes as negative. I only see a path change as maybe if instead of a path change, it was I was quite happy on this step of the ladder and now I, I've had this moment where uh, I've I become aware that there's another step of the ladder that I can move up to. But the thing yeah. that made me aware that there was another step and that I wasn't at the top already was was that moment that showed me that there were different things. You know, So instead of uh, head down with your blinkers on and only looking at where your feet are, something went, oh, snap, crack, pop, yeah. look up. And I looked up and there was another step and I could take it. So I don't see anything as negative. If there was one thing that with hindsight I would do, it is property investment. The, The messages, when I look back over my life, like way back to when I was um, 17 years old and my grandmother died in our family, we didn't have the language of property investing because it wasn't really a, um, a mainstream thing in Britain then and by that I mean buying houses in order for other people to rent them from you yep. solely so that your money made more money and you profited from the rent we didn't have that as um, as common language for us so when we looked at strategies for 
oh, what to do now? My grandmother's died. My grandfather's in the house. My parents have another house. What can we do? I know now what I would do. We would move in with my granddad to look after him and we would rent our original family home out. Hmm. But we didn't have that language there. And then no. with my grandfather's house, because there was so much land, I would have developed on the side, but I didn't have those words. And all the way through, when I look through a pair of glasses with current property words on property language, it was as if property investing was constantly saying to me, hey, Vicky, here's an opportunity. Have you noticed me yet? Here, yeah. Vicky, is another opportunity. Have you noticed me yet? I know you don't have the words, so I'll give you another chance to have a look at property. Have you, have you started to see a pattern yet? And mm. I read a book, and I, I've got it up there. I, I love it. The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. And it's a story of a man traveling and what he is aware of at the end of his journey is that all the messages are there for us all the time, hmm. but we can be distracted and we can miss them. So everything that you need is always around you all yeah. the time. And that's why for me, if you know what's important to you, you can put on the right set of glasses and then the universe provides. Now that's not, a bit like the secret sit cross-legged and hope the money will land in your lap. Yeah, yeah. You have to participate in this process. You have to notice the opportunities and then you have to act on the opportunities. But because you know what's important to you and you know the resources you've got, when an opportunity comes to move you down your journey or to move you up your flight of stairs, however your journey is going to look, then the resources are there and the opportunities are there and all you've got to do is put two and two together and hey presto you're 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 off and you're running again and yeah. then you know something might trip you up and and quite frankly when i got made redundant i knew it was coming because i was busy making my other seven members of staff redundant i knew it was coming and i didn't prioritize me because at that time what was important to me in my life was to help my staff team. What mm. I forgot at that time was I could be helping them, but I should also be making my own exit plan. And I didn't. And then when I got to the end and they were all redundant and then my turn to be made redundant, it came, actually, can you believe this? It actually came as a surprise that I was being made mm. redundant because I'd forgotten that I would be one of them. Yeah. So it wasn't a bad thing that happened. It was just that I didn't have the right glasses on. I wasn't aware of what was going on. So I couldn't look for the right opportunities. Then I had this shock moment and then I got going again. Yeah. That is, uh, it's interesting hearing that story. I'm thinking of a friend uh, in the, the great financial crisis who went through that and he was being flown all over the world. His team was, was globally distributed, lay, essentially laying people off. and then they came for him at the end. And it's, you know, it's not to say he was bad to anyone. He was, you know, he, he was a very caring person, but he was so, um, so focused on the impact on his team and that process, which was, I have to say, really depressing for him. Mm -hmm. He totally missed that at some point they're going to come around for him too. And they didn't do it in nearly the way he was looking after his own folks. Yeah. Um, but he was totally caught off guard. And he, you know, in hindsight, he's like, how did I not realize that event because he he was so heads down on caring for those who were yeah. going to be left out in the cold. Yeah, uh, it is interesting. So, Vicky, just to to pull back to the thought you were saying, uh, you know, as you use the ladder analogy, which is really helpful, mm -hmm. 
it's not about regret for what we've done or the things that we missed because we perhaps weren't ready to see those messages, didn't have the next piece of the puzzle we needed. Mm-hmm. So it's, and that's why I asked is it's not about judgment. And I, and I hear that with people. It's like, oh, why did I do that? Or why didn't I do this sooner? It's like, well, look, you didn't. So sitting here, spending time beating yourself up yeah. isn't valuable. Maybe understanding how to pre- prepare yourself for the next moment you may have is better, but you now have an opportunity. So why are you dwelling in how you didn't take it before, you know? Yeah. Because that's looking back, isn't it? And and the only reason to glance over your shoulder is is two things. One, to recognize how far you've come and acknowledge yeah. where you are now in your journey. And the other one is if there's a lesson you've missed and with a quick glance, you can find it and that yeah. will help you move forward. And I, I'm not sure if this is um, an NLP mantra or a, a saying from them, but and I and I did NLP training, but I can't remember whether she this just, is me or them. For people who don't know, oh, NLP is yeah. neuro linguistic programming, and it's um, Richard Bandler and Co. And it's about understanding how the mind works. So not the not our physical brain that makes my hand open and close and my eyes blink and all that stuff, but how the neurons communicate with one another and how everything is just a thought Mm. and thoughts can turn into reality. And so if you have negative thoughts, like you're only looking for bills, you'll only see bills because you know, that's what it is. Yeah. The biases are created. This is why words matter. Yes. Your words matter to you, not just to the person you're speaking to. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I love this idea of the word try, you know, please try and get out of your chair. You can't try and get out of your chair. Listeners, try for a minute and get out of your chair. You can't, you either do or you don't, as the great Yoda would say from Star Wars. Um, So the mantra is, everybody is doing the best they can with the resources they have at the time. So there is no blame, sorted. Mm -hmm. And the second one is everything you have in your life now, whether you're happy with what you have or whether you feel that there is some lack in your life, is a result of the decisions and the actions that you have taken in the past. And therefore, if you have a great life, you created that, and you have the power to create anything that you want, move forward, keep creating the good life that you want based on what's important to you, and Mm. of course, not hurting anybody else. And if there's some lack in your life, that's not a negative, that's not a gap, that's not something to dwell on. It's actually, if you just glance over your shoulder, because you missed an opportunity, you didn't notice you were going to be made redundant or you didn't spot that you should be investing in property 10 years before or something. So just be aware of that. And then next time there is a message, go, oh, hold on a second. I've seen that before. Uh, uh, let me just dwell on that for a minute. Yeah, what's why am I, you know, getting this lesson? And you often talk about people repeating patterns and relationships are a great example. You know, people pick the same partner or type of partner that didn't work well with the last relationship that just yeah. broke down. Yeah. And then they'll go and pick the same type of person again. What lesson do you need to learn here? And sometimes these people are in your life in order for you to learn the lesson. And if you're just not learning it, then you have to keep having these people come in your life to teach you, you know, 
take responsibility or learn to say no or recognize that you're more than you think you are and and go with that wow we got really deep on this didn't we somehow <laughs> don't know where that all started. no that's good and that's what the purpose is i so i and you i, I want to make sure you're comfortable with this so feel free yeah. to say no when you talked about the the first of those two rules or, or lessons uh, around that everyone's doing the best they can with what they have and what they know at that time some people who have been through something extreme or have been the victim of, of something terrible find it hard to apply that to the person who perpetrated that, you know, that trauma on them. Yeah. Um, you have been in those shoes. Yeah. So how do you, how do you align that to your experience with your ex? Still the same thing. He was on his path. He was doing the best he could. I, I think, because again, I've, I've spoken a lot with my younger daughter about this and the psychology and, um, you know, truly, truly evil people, you know, serial killers or whatever else, or, or you know, dreadful, dreadful people, they're a class of their own. We, we very rarely bump into those in our normal circumstances. Yeah. There's just us. And there's, you know, the girl who was the bitch at school or the bullied you or the, the boy who picked on you and stole your pocket money when you came home. Even those people those young people were doing the best they could in the circumstances that they were brought up. But we don't know what was driving them. We don't yeah. know what made that bully bully you because bullies bully other people in order to feel better for themselves because yeah. they don't have very happy lives. And people who are maybe stealing your pocket money, maybe, you know, they don't have a lot of money and this is the only way that they can do this thing. And when you get into the more adult negative experiences that go on like yeah. with my my marriage and and many others that we can mention i still believe that those people are just doing the best that they can with what they know and yeah. they don't know mm, that doesn't mean to say they don't know right from wrong yeah they don't know a way to to change what they're doing mm. you know, I, I endlessly speak to 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 my daughter about you know people who've got alcohol problems um, or um, they smoke and they've been diagnosed with cancer. Why don't you stop smoking? And it's because they're addicted to these behaviors and it doesn't have to be being addicted to smoking or drinking or drugs. You can also be addicted to bullying and stealing things and being nasty yeah. to people. You know, you can still be addicted to those behaviors and you don't know how to get out of that cycle. Yeah. If someone sat you down and you were of a mind to have the light shone on your behavior and to have a positive conversation, which is the role of coaches, isn't it? You know, when you go to a cult coach and you say, look, I'm determined to change this behavior. I, I don't want to keep repeating these relationship behaviors or I don't want to keep even this working pattern. You know, I keep being sacked at work and, or I keep losing my job or I, I never get a promotion. The, the role of a coach is to help you stand back and go, have you observed that this is what you're doing? You know, you can change that. That's just a pattern of behavior. You, you can change the way you behave. And so yeah. it wasn't my, I didn't feel, because that's the other thing is sometimes you know that you're in a relationship to help one another grow. Yeah. I didn't feel that I was in a relationship to help him grow. Mm. I was in a relationship where he was there to show me to be a strong woman and to be a strong mother for my children. And I am grateful for that gift. And that's the way I choose to think about it. Um, 
and as to the rest of it, I nothing him. Yeah, I, that's really well put. And I think you would also agree, none of this excuses or accepts or allows that behavior. It's not saying not like, oh, all. it's okay because they couldn't do any better. It's still not okay. Oh, yeah. What it does is it, it allows for the understanding that puts you in a place to be able to nothing them so yes. that they're not taking space in your, in your life, in your heart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think at the time I was, you know, I used to have awful nightmares about things and I needed to do something. And this was even before I learned about NLP and neuro-linguistic programming. I needed, I instinctively knew I needed to manage the way that I thought about this situation because it would be very easy to have been in that situation to have remained fearful to have never formed another relationship with anybody else. Yeah. Um, I could have I could have gone all sorts of ways. There were all sorts of paths that I could have gone down as a as a result of that experience. But I had two children. What was important to me, I had two girls and I I wanted to provide an environment where if they ever experienced that for themselves, they would feel that either they could get themselves out of it or know because as they got older, they knew my story, that they realized I had got out of something and that they could come to me for help. Mm. Um, and I believe that I have been there for, for my children to be that person, yeah. but I needed to be that person in order that I could be there to help them. Yeah. And so I needed to just manage my thoughts. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that doesn't forgive anything. No. That doesn't no, no. forgive anything. Yeah, why is not the same thing as okay. Mm. Understanding why. Yeah. Um, so Vicky, when when you look at what you're trying to help people achieve today, um, and connecting that with the kinds of things that you've studied, like NLP that you mentioned, can people go go down that path themselves in terms of setting up a life that actually really does align to what they care about and everything without that back knowledge like what are the tools that we need other than just the way to make money um which is sort of the logistical or tactical bit but the the human bit the purpose side of it what are the things that we need to get us in a place where we can see where it is we're heading and how to achieve that that's that's sort of quite a, a tricky question what do we need i i can like only when you're helping people what is it what yeah. is it that you want to develop well, in them? So yeah, that, so that I was going to say, the only thing I can do is, is, is answer that question. Maybe actually this is what you wanted is to answer that question. Based on my experience, how do I help clients that I come across that, that want to do this? Now, yeah. I, don't, I don't help clients specifically as a coach. So I, I had a go at that before, and that's not quite what excited me, and I didn't feel that that was my path. But in everything that I do... I'm aware because language is so important when you hear stuff with people. Yeah. So um, my first thing is always around clarity. And th this comes out of the Wealthy Retirement book, the last book that I wrote. I, it took me ages to write that book. There was, a, there was like a four-year gap in books. And then I finally got it and I, and I pulled it together. And there are five principles. And it does take you all the way from the human to the purpose through the finances to the resources to the legacy at the other end yeah. and it's um clarity what is important to you because if we don't start with the foundations of what's important to you what your priorities are what matters you know when we peel it all back not not the face that you have to show the world yeah yeah i'm really 
I'm a great employee and, you know, I'm dedicated to the company that I work for. Yeah, that's one role. But actually, you as the human, when we get down into the core of you, what's really important? Well, yeah. being there for my family or being there with my partner or finding a partner or whatever it might be. So what's really important to you? Clarity. And then I don't believe that we can move forward without control. And control for me is a reminder of the finances of things. We, we, we live in this world. Um, money is this world. And without money you cannot move forward unless you're going to go and be some monk in, a, in another country and, and walk around and people feed you. Yeah. If that's your past, that's great. But for the rest of the ordinary people, we need money. And we are not taught at school how to manage our finances. No. So many people don't understand what insurance, sorry, interest means on, um, on payments and they use credit yeah. cards and they take out loans. And I endlessly speak to people who've got, multiple streams of debt and they don't understand how to get out of it because they don't understand which loan is costing them more money yeah. and therefore which they should be paying down first in order yeah. to get back out and even vocational even... schools which is like oh. the training is just for that work wouldn't it be nice if it rounded out the picture uh, totally yeah. totally we don't need X to the power of two plus R, Y equals Z. We don't need that. We need yeah. to understand how money works. Yeah. And money will give you adding up, taking away division and multiplication. And then you can start to work on how I can share the pie out and that sort of stuff. And that's really what you need. If you don't grasp those fundamentals, there is no point learning anything else. And the practical application of maths is money. And then money becomes this powerful ally in your life rather than this sunking sinking pit yeah. that is always trying to pull you in it um you don't need to be in debt i know that sounds really quite blasé and trust me i have been there i have written down when i spent 10p in a phone box in the good old days before mobile phones if i put 10p in the phone box i wrote down that i'd spent that 10p and mm. I, I know I shouldn't admit to smoking, but I did. I had three cigarettes a week that my father would bring me when he came to the house to pick up our washing. And then he took our washing away in a, in a black plastic bag. My mum washed it for me, dried it, ironed it. And then when he came back, he gave me another three cigarettes and took away the next pile of washing because I couldn't afford a washing machine. Yeah. And I lived on, um, you would call it welfare. I lived on benefits. I lived yeah. in social housing. So, you know, that, that was the place I was in after my marriage. And I learned how to understand money, make money work for me. Not before, before long before the investing, how I, I learned how to take some money, put it into a higher rate interest account, use a credit card, which then gave me, um, the whole 30 days that I spent the money on plus the extra 15 days before I had to pay the bill. So I borrowed money for effectively 45 days before I had to pay it back and I could keep the money in the savings account and then only take out one payment to clear down the card, which mm -hmm. I had counted every single penny that I spent on it. And I ticked off when I had the receipt and I had the payment and I checked it all. And then I made 60 pounds a year in interest mm -hmm from my money and that gave me the money that my daughters and I could then spend on trips out during the school summer holidays. Mm. You know, I learned that about money and we can all learn that about money. Yeah. Um, 
And so money and control is the next thing. Then understanding the resources you've got. We have so many resources around us. We have so many people, so many contacts, um, so many things. Our lives are full of stuff that we can just turn so much stuff into uh, opportunities to, to grow. And then the last two are looking at how you make your resources work harder for you. So that's leverage. And then what legacy do you want to live at the other end? So I will have that as a conversation with people spending, as we did just in this conversation, a lot of time up the front end, getting clear on what's important to them, getting clear on where they are actually financially and teaching them how to be better at their finances and mm. setting them tasks and activities to to follow until they control that and only once they've done that then we can start to look at do they want to set up a business do they want to expand their business do they want to take some resources that they found and start to invest in property whatever it is we can then discuss what comes next what we can do with your resources but only once you've learned how to manage the life you're in now, because yeah. property investment and business will require you taking on loans. And if you can't manage your own income and expenses, you yeah. should not be taking on more debts. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So, so Vicki, you've, you've published a lot in this space. How many books, how many books five, is it? Five books. Five. Yes. I noticed you, you've done another book as well. Was that your second book? This is my third. Third. Yeah. Awesome. But it's quite different. Um, yeah. the first two are self-help. This one's a business book, but it's still self-help. It's just self-help for an industry. Yeah. And that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to make sure that people know where to go to check, check these out because you do, you do give those details. You do give that guidance. And, and I totally agree. If you haven't built that foundation to be able to get into things like property investment or other spaces where understanding money and how to leverage it for your benefit and stability matter mm. you're not ready for that step and it's no. a shame because you could be yeah um, so where can people find out about your books and more about your work okay so amazon's an easy place for the books so there are two books which are pure property books i'll give you the titles but i don't know how relevant they will be for you uh, if you've got american audience and one is called using other people's money how to invest in property and the other one is called Make More Money from Property, From Investor Thinking to a Business Mindset. Mm. And those two books are the strategies that you can, or the investment techniques that you can use to invest in property, and then how you can make a business out of property. So they're, they're like your first two books. They're very specific in their sort of genre. Then there's another book called Property for the Next Generation. And that's questioning whether our approach towards property is is appropriate you know we all think that we need to own our own houses and then when we die we're going to leave those to our children yeah and actually our children are swipey fingered super mobile <laughs> well once upon a time they were globally traveling but yeah. now they'll just be globally surfing human beings um our old mantras about property need to be rethought and that's property for the next generation and then I wandered off and I, and I wrote a storybook about the future, which is called The New Estate, where I imagined, and I, and I would encourage everybody to write a book like this. Look at all the things that annoy you about the world, the planet, your community, even your family, and write them down as a, as a list of sentences. And then look at what you could invent 
um, be it legislation, be it um, new habits and behaviors or technology or anything else that you could invent to fix those problems and then write a book set in the future where you have already done all of this and you can see the changes in the world made by the things that you've done. So I wrote it in, um, I think, 2015, and it's called The New Estate, Insights from the 22nd Century, and it's written in the future. And I'm saying thank you to us in the now, which is the past for the, for the voice, saying yeah. thank you for, you know, recognizing that these things needed to change and making my future world so much better because you made all of these changes. Um, so that was quite a fun book to write. And then the latest book, which was 2019, is The Wealthy Retirement Plan, A Revolutionary Guide to Living the Rest of Your Life in Style. And that's where a lot of these thoughts about what's important to you, how to manage your time, your time is your greatest resource, and then working out how much money you need in yeah. order to live the life that you want. And that's where all of those lessons come from. So they're all on Amazon. And then I'm sure you'll do in the show notes how to spell my name, but basically vickywoshay.com will just put you in touch with everything else. And what I do have, if your audience are interested is, I have a series of scorecards. So online assessments. So whether you want to look at the mindset and the finances of your wealthy future, you can take uh, a series of 30 questions and it will generate a score and a personal report to tell you some activities that you can focus on straight away to bring your score up in those uh, five principles of, of a wealthy future. And there's also one there which is just about to go live for business called the Business Health Check. And I'm just at the moment feverishly writing the one called um, Invest Assess. So if you're actually a property investor, then it's how to look at your property investments as a business and make sure that they're profitable. So there's three there. So whether you're link to them. mindset, yeah. property and yeah. So yeah. it's all uh, it's all on the website under vickywashay.com forward slash scorecard. Okay. Um, so they'll be there. Yeah. So people can find all that stuff easily and a, and a I will link to everything, to the books, the scorecards, and the site overall. Um, Brilliant, thank you. And our fun time with Jonathan Sr. Yes. On FunQuest. Um, Vicky, I think like there's a lot of people out there who teach about property investment and how to secure your future and, and all that tied to it. Um, the reason why, and I don't tend to have that sort of thing on the show, someone who just comes in with like, hey, here's how to make investments. The reason why you stand out to me is you weren't born into a real estate empire. You didn't have, as you say, you, you know, you had these opportunities if you guys knew what they were at the time, but of course mm -hmm. you didn't. So, and then you think about what you went through rebuilding your life from nothing, um, your life and the life of your children as well. So for people who are again, thinking like, Oh, you know, she, she, her situation is not my situation. She doesn't understand what, what my struggles are like. Um, or that's great advice, but you don't, you haven't really had to apply that and figure out how to make it work. You actually have. Yeah. And so that's why I love, and, uh, you know, I think it resonates and look, securing our future and giving ourselves this space to spend five hours in the garden. If that's what we actually care to do today, that that's a dream come true that most people don't actually enable for themselves so i think it's, mm. it's actually beautiful advice and guidance so i'm very thankful to have had you on today oh thank you brian thank you
And the hardest thing for us to talk about is the closing of the show. Are you are you ready? Do you remember? Yeah, how, we okay. have to do it, don't we? I was very yeah, aware yeah. of the clock thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> Stop talking, Vicky. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so if you if you join me, today is a new day. And just go out and do it. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Vicky. My pleasure. Thank you, Brian. How many of you could identify with that story? You know, whether you came from quite the same genesis the same beginning as to why finding that stability and that control matters but so many of us find ourselves in situations where things aren't going the way we planned them to and we need to figure out how do we move ourselves forward what are we willing to do and where is that line where we're going to cross what really matters to us we're going to cross going against our values and so we need to know how far we can push and what our limits are and then structure our approach from there. Uh, remember those, those key traits that Vicky shared with us to help us move forward, clarity, control, leverage, legacy, powerful words, really strong meaning behind them. And I think it's so interesting that control to her comes from creating that financial wherewithal, that financial stability, right, to survive. Um, really valuable, practical stuff. And if you think you can't, again, just look at where she came from. Um, you know, that story where her parents were doing her laundry for her because she couldn't afford to. And, you know, to go from that to total self-sufficiency and helping others achieve the same thing. That's a reminder that no matter where we're at, we can get there. Really thankful for Vicky for coming on the show. Uh, it's great to reconnect with her and do check out vickywashay.com. She's got those three kind of scorecard exercises that you can do that will give you genuine advice on where you can move forward. And uh, all that is linked up in the show notes. So check those out. You can get to Vicky's books that way as well. And all the other links, all of her social media and all that kind of stuff, all in the show notes. Check that out. I hope this has been valuable to you. If you want to keep digging deeper, I strongly recommend, of course I do, that you pick up a copy of Do A Day. There are lots of different ways you can engage in this mentality and this approach, this philosophy. The easiest, the cheapest, and the one that I find still touches people at their core the most and gives them that power to move forward is just by reading. So pick up Do A Day. It's not long. It's not hard and it's not expensive. Grab a copy from Amazon, from Barnes and Noble, from Apple, from Google, from Audible, from wherever you want to get it from and start digging in to your own life. And of course, you can always go to doadaybook.com and get links to all the ways that you can get a copy yourself. All right, with that, I will leave you until next time. Thanks for joining me. And remember, you can always, no matter where you're starting from, go out and do it.